Shabbos Perik Chaf Aleph Mishnah Gimel twenty one three the last of the Perik and wrapping up Mukts over here it says Beishamay Omrim Beishamay hold Magbin Min Ashulchan Atzamos Veklipen at the end of a meal you'll have leftover bones from the meat and sort of shells from different foods you ate husks of the foods and since those bones assuming they're soft bones and the shells when they're soft shells are things you could feed to your animals so then they're not considered Muktzah says Beishamay here because they're not animal food and not Muktzah. Beis Hill will say, no, you cannot move the food directly. Um, even if it would be food for animals now, it's still not permitted to have direct movement. It is indeed muktzah, and rather you have to move it indirectly by picking up the tavla. Tavla, like the English word table, comes from the same Latin word, means like a flat plate, and this, or uh, board, I should say, flat board, Um and this tavla of the Mishnah functioned the same way or similar to how our tablecloths work. I mean, they put this board on top of the table, and then after they finish eating, they would remove the table top, this tavla, and wipe it down, etc. So you have to take the whole tavla off, which would then indirectly move the bones and husks, and umina'ara, and then you mina'er, you you shake off you, you shake off the the husks and bones because um, you can't touch them directly. The reason why they're muktzah, according to the Shita, is that even though they're still suitable for animals, because when Shabbos started they were human food, now they've become animal food, they fall into one of those minor categories of muktzah called nolad, a newly created food, newly created, excuse me, newly created thing. Um, and since this thing didn't exist going into Shabbos, it's considered to be muktzah now as nolad, a newly created thing. So the Shita says it's not muktzah, says that's not a substantial enough or significant enough transformation, animal food from human food, that would render this animal food like a new thing, no let and make it mukta. Rather, it's food and food, and that's sufficient enough, and therefore it remains not mukta and not no let. Now, the Gemara ends up saying that this the shitas are mixed up here, meaning the Beishamah is actually not the lenient one. Beishamah is the strict one. And that is usually the case, not always the case, um, but there's proof that in this case it's certainly true that the Beishamai was the strict one um, because of other factors. Um, and that being the case, it's gonna the Shittles are switched, meaning that Beis Hill is lenient and says that the food is still animal food and can be moved, even though there are husks and bones not suitable for humans. Animals can eat them. And Beis Shamai says, no, they're Mukta, um, as no lot, and therefore you have to move them till Tumanatsad, taking the whole tabla along. Um, so halacha lamais would be like base hillel, meaning that they are not muktza. Um, I just have to speak out two important points. The first is, um, in all events, we're talking about bones and husks that are indeed suitable for animals. If they can't be eaten by animals, they're definitely like a hard bone that nothing can chew on. Um, is definitely muktza. Um, the second point is, this assumes that you have animals around um, that would eat these things. Um, nowadays, presuming that you have no farm animals and animals, and maybe no dogs eat the bones, whatever it is. Um, if they're not around, so then these things are mukta and no animals eat them, they're garbage, and they become mukta. So you could not pick them up directly. Halachalamaisa. Um, you'd have to move them indirectly. So if you want to clear off the table, you're allowed to do that. Um, but to get rid of the garbage, you'd have to like take like a, a knife and like scrape it off to the side into the garbage can, scraping it off with a knife, being tilted on that side. Um, but if there's a big enough aggregation of these things that it's like bothering in their own right, as, as garbage and debris on the table. The truth is you actually can move them directly with your hand um, because they fall into a new category called the gruff shel rei, which means like the um, garbage. Gruff shel rei is, is the, like the chamber pot. So the point is something which is 
um, disturbing you because it's filthy and disgusting can be moved even directly, which is why we take out the garbage on Shabbos if we do. Um, even though it's muktza, but it's disturbing. And if so, you can take it out directly. So that would be true here also, to the extent that the bones and husks are bothering you. The Mishnah continues and says, Ma'avirin milifnei ha-shulchan perurin pachos mekazayas. You are also allowed to um, remove from the table um, bits of bread, even though they're less than a kazaya. So since they're less than a kazaya, they're not really considered for food anymore. They're sort of waste. Nevertheless, since you can feed them to animals if you wanted to, etc., so they're not mukta. And same goes with the se'ar shel afunin, the se'ar shel adashin. These are like the pods of peas and, and um, beans and lentils. So again, these are um, the soft parts that are around the lentils and beans that are edible, those pods, um, and therefore animals will eat them, therefore they're not As The Mishnah says explicitly, these things are given to animals, and therefore they're not mukta. Fine. That's the end of that topic. Now we have a, a new topic here. Speaking of clearing off the table, we're going to lapse into the halachas of sfog. Sfog is a sponge. Um, just so you understand the Mishnah properly, nowadays our sponges are whatever they are, some synthetic absorbent, you know, spongy thing. In the time of the Mishnah, sponges were actually um, periphera. They were that's the technical term for these things. They're animals that grow in the ocean, and they live in the ocean, and you harvest them and use them as they function like sponges. But they're they're like dead aquatic creatures. Like if you've seen them as a loofah sponge, maybe that's what a loofah sponge really is. Um, these are real sponges from the ocean. So um, we're going to talk about those now. And the first thing we're concerned about is the issue of schita, of squeezing. Uh, the concern is that the sponge gets dirty and you squeeze out the liquid from it. You'd be cleaning it, as I mentioned in the previous um, Mishnah, that, that um, one of the, the malach of malabin, the malach of, of whitening um, a fabric textile, is, can be, they're told us of it, called kibus, which include, as uh, we saw the previous Mishnah, we talked about um, shria soaking in water, and we talked about um, perhaps um, shift shift scraping it scrubbing it but the third possibility is um, if you're actually ever so it if you squeeze it so if you squeeze it that's also considered kibos it's cleaning and therefore you can't squeeze out things that absorb filth and that being the case we're concerned about if you take a sponge and you're wiping off a table and the sponge is wet and you squeeze the sponge you're going to necessarily squeeze some liquid out of it and that will be considered to be um the sochet the squeezing and that'll be a problem and therefore the mission says sfog when it comes to a sponge or if it has a handle made out of leather, meaning you hold the sponge by the handle. So that means when you grab the sponge, you don't necessarily squeeze liquid out of it. So then it's going to be okay. You can hold it by that handle, and you can use it to wipe down the table. But if it doesn't have a leather handle, then you'd have to squeeze the sponge directly. The way it's used with a wet sponge, by squeezing directly, you're necessarily going to squeeze some liquid out of it. And that being the case, by grasping it, you'll be doing schrita. That's no good. Therefore, you cannot use it to wipe down your tabletop. The Chacham Omrim, the rabbis say, and the truth is that many Kirsos have these words taken out. They don't add anything. They actually make things a little confusing as if the rabbis are arguing. Ben kach or ben kach, whether or not the sponge has a handle attached to it, nitel b'shabas, it can be moved on Shabbos, meaning it's not mukta. That is to say, even though you can't use a wet sponge without a without a handle because you'll squeeze out the liquid, um, so you can still use it uh, as for wiping things down when it's dry, whatever it is. And therefore, as a utensil, it's not considered to be mukta, even without a handle. Um, and also in a makabal tuma, it's also not makabal tuma. Now, this last point is a different point altogether. 
speaking on the first point here about the wiping down, just remember that if we're wiping down, we're holding the handle, we're not necessarily squeezing when we hold the handle, but it has to be a scenario where you're not necessarily certainly going to squeeze liquid out of the sponge when you're wiping. When you're wiping the spot with a sponge, if liquid happens to come out, so that's called a davershen on miskaven, this mishnah goes like Rabbi Shimon, which is the halacha essentially, so that means that if you don't intend to do malacha and it happens and not a secret, not necessarily going to happen, just has, happens to happen, um, then we're going to be lenient. As far as this last point now regarding the Kabbalah's Tuma becoming Tame, this is a whole different thing altogether. In Masechus Kalim, we're going to learn, Bez Hashem, that um, utensils are susceptible to Tuma. There are four categories of things that are, that are susceptible to Tuma. Um, people, Adam, Kalim, which are utensils, Ochlin food and mosh can drink. Now, as far as kalim go, utensils. So, kalim can only be makabel tuma if they're made out of one of um, seven industrial materials, midoraisa, and there's an eighth added midorabanan. So, the seven materials are um, beged, which is fabric, textile, um, sock, which is um, like the garment or whatever, or a sack made out of the hair from a goat, etc. Matechet, metal, and perhaps just one of the specific metal lists in the psukim. Cheres, which is clay. Um, Eitz, which is wood, things that grow from the ground. Etzem, bones from terrestrial animals. And ore, which is uh, hide, like leather, and hides of terrestrial animals. So, and those are the seven Midoraisa, Midorabanan, we add on Tzachuchit, glass. But since a sponge is none of those things, sponge is something else altogether. Um, so therefore, if you make a clay that's made out of sponge, the animal from the from the ocean, it's not makabel tuma. That's what Mishnah says over here. Even though to clean, it's not makabel tuma. Um, Tversarel just points out that there could be a second additional reason, which is that the Mishnah in Kalim says that anything that grows from the sea that comes from the sea is not makabel tuma ever, and certainly sponges grow in the sea, and that's been the case in Amakabel tuma for that reason as well. So they are yes, a clean, but not makabel tuma.